and welcome back to A Sprinkle of Disney. We're sharing episode 8 with you today, and since our last episode we have had another huge milestone. We've now hit over 300 cumulative listens to all of our podcast episodes, so we were very, very excited when that happened. Yeah. We were kind of counting down when there's like two left and then one left. <laughs> it was <laughs> um, very exciting. I wish we could tell like who had listened, so we could do a big like, you're the 300th listener! Yeah, so that, that would be sad. fun. Anyway, uh, so thank you so much for listening, uh, we really, really appreciate it. We've also seen that lots of people have started listening to episode one again recently, Yeah. Um, so if you are new, welcome. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope it inspires you to go back and listen to our other seven. Episode eight, I can't believe it. I know, I can't believe it. We say this every week, I remember like on episode two, we were like, oh, two episodes, oh my God. Like, how exciting. <laughs> it's funny now, when we look at our stats, because like at the beginning it's like everyone listened to our episode one everyone yeah. listened to episode two and now when we can kind of see the listens at like in our dashboard and our admin access stuff it's like people are listening to like number three number five like number one it's really yeah cool, it's a bit so. more complex now it's not like yeah. a, a, a thematic trail we're growing yeah we are. we're actually recording this on halloween yes so it was my I'll, I'll hold my hands up it was my fault that this one was recorded late um, <laughs> my disney i was so we're talking about Onward today. Everybody's going to explain a bit now. But I kind of delayed watching it. Uh, and then my Disney Plus decided to just shut down on me in the middle of the film. It was a bit um, of a shambles. Um, it really was. Um, I had to put an hour for customer service. <laughs> to be told that I then, like, basically my internet was just blocking Disney Plus. So I'm going to make a public apology to Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate the, the honesty to the listeners. <laughs> But you should actually be getting it at the same time because we're still yeah. going to release it at, like this weekend. But I feel like it adds something extra it being recorded on Halloween. Yeah, I do as well. I think there's some kind of magic in the air. And yeah. <laughs> this being a fantasy film as well, maybe. Well, with magic and witches and sorcerers and mm. quests, very Halloween-y. So. Exactly. So as Katie just said, today's episode is another Disney Plus episode. Um, you guys seem to really enjoy our last one of this one in the series. So yes. we thought we'd do another one. Um, so today we'll be discussing and reviewing Pixar's most recent film, Onward, which was recently released on Disney Plus due to the pandemic thwarting its cinematic release, which is just a disaster, let's be honest. I feel bad for it, to be honest, because it's not had like a true representation of how well it no. could have done. It's not fair. Well, like I, I only saw it, well, yesterday and Thursday. Because <laughs> <I can't. laughs> actually me and Rosie were together like the weekend before the pandemic and I was like, let's go see it. But someone had seen it the weekend before me. well it's a pixar film so but it's fine um so, <laughs> so, my, so my plan was to go and see it the next weekend and then obviously lockdown happened so i've had to wait a very long time to watch it so it's basically yeah, just that. been a bit of a shambles against you watching it really hasn't it like honestly been... i wasn't meant to watch this film no <laughs> it's, it's it's a miracle that you've managed to get through it to be honest so i started watching it on thursday and then my brother my brother has cursed my disney plus is what i've just <laughs> um and then I press like the space bar was my, my my big problem instead of pressing pause. So it shut down to the home screen and then just wouldn't let me watch it. So I literally had to wait like a whole 24 hours to finish the film. Like we'll talk about it in a second, but it's a very crucial moment when they're mm. almost like caught by the police. Yeah. And I tensions are running high at that point. That's not it's not the point. There's not really a good point, but that's definitely one of the worst points that you could have had it happen. Honestly. So so, so yes. yeah, so I feel on a personal level like it's been a real trial to watch this film. 
Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. I feel really sorry for this film and Pixar and Disney because it's a shame. It's such a shame. But anyway, we will be giving our thoughts on the characters, so the main ones, Ian and Barley, the main themes and messages of the film because there are many in this film, I feel at least, um, and then our opinions on the film overall. And of course, we'll even be giving it a score out of 10. Oh, I forgot we score things. Oh, see, (laughs) I, you'll be glad to know I haven't got mine yet. So don't worry, don't panic. You're not behind. You never have yours. I can't, I just can't do it. There's something, it really stresses me out. Like, I love it. But at the same time, I don't like to put a racing on something. It's so definitive. Like, I don't like it. Especially because we know that our favourites are like yeah. a long way in the pipeline. Exactly, exactly. And they're all tens. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, I have to try and backtrack. And I'm like, yeah. what's a seven? What's an eight? So yeah, we'll see as we talk about it. I'm hoping to formulate my my score. Yeah, um, it'll but, come to us. Yeah, it will. So I think we're both very excited for this one. Yeah. I, I, I can feel it. Like I can feel it because I love Pixar films. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm buzzing for this. We've had to have a delayed recording. We've been having this onward knowledge inside yeah, us for we, two weeks. I, I think we're ready to burst now with everything. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So, with that in mind, we'll get into it. So that brings us on to our first Disney fun fact. So Onward is inspired by director Dan Scanlon's personal experiences. Similar to Ian and Barley in Onward, Scanlon also lost his dad at a young age. It was his curiosity about what his father had been like that ultimately served as a starting point for the film's development. I mean, it's just so sad. Like, it's... It's sad, but it's just such Pixar. Like, it's, it's exactly yeah. what they're about. Like, they're all about the real experiences and, you know, being it's relatable. It's one of those things where, like, it's sad enough on its own. Mm-hmm. And then you find out it's, like, a real story and you're like, well. Yeah, now exactly. it's got a whole other level, so. It hits a lot harder yeah. when you realise, definitely. So I'm just going to set our timer, because as we know, Rosie and I can talk forever. <laughs> We don't know when to stop. Um, so I'm going to set our timer for segment one. Okay. It's on. It's on. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk through like the plot, the background, and the reviews because we like to give you some context if you haven't um, watched the film before. So, like I say, I've only watched the film yesterday and Thursday. So um, I'm I'm an onward newbie too. So I'll give you <laughs> one of my classic Katie plot summaries. <laughs> um, so obviously the film was initially released in um, March 2020 of this year. Well, yeah, that is. Oh, for yeah, we're still in 2020, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we're still in this horrible year. <laughs> March 2020 to this year, um, and then obviously it came onto Disney Plus quite early for the US. Mm. I think it was like a month after, wasn't it? it was yeah, it was, US, yeah. But the UK, cry, have had to wait until, um, was it last month? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, end of last, um, I think. Yeah, so the general summary of Onward, it starts um, when there are two brothers, so they're Ian and Barley. Ian is the youngest, Barley is the oldest. That's right, isn't it, really? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and Ian is voiced by Tom Holland and Barley is voiced by Chris Pratt, so what better I know, what a like? combo. So good. Um. And it's, it starts on, so Ian is, like I say, the youngest, but it starts on his 16th birthday. He feels like a bit of a loser. Um, and it turns out that, and Barney's like taking a gap here and they both live with their mum. It's really cute. Um, yeah. And their dad has like died. We don't kind of find out at the beginning, like what's happened, which you know, mm. like, their dad isn't there and stuff. But it turns out that like, the dad died before um, Ian was born due to like an illness. Um, and then he comes home from school on his 16th birthday, feeling like an absolute loser because he can't drive, he can't make friends. Like, he just feels, yeah, he sat on a 
monster's foot. Like it's one of those days. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And he comes home and his mum gives him a present um, that his dad had left for both him and his brother for once he was 16. And ooh, it's a magic staff because as we find out in the beginning of the film, where they live, it used to be like really magical with like sorcerers and like centaurs running over the hills and it's all very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then people discovered technology and technology <laughs> kind of ruined magic's life. Um, so everything's done via tech now. But oh, there's a magic staff. So then basically the dad has left this magic staff for Bali and Ian and left them a spell that can bring him back for one day. And that's like the premise of the story. Mm. They, they get it wrong the first time. <laughs> Ian falls over when he's doing the spell and brings back only the dad's legs. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's so, so funny. funny. Um, and they have to go on this quest to find like another like magical stone to basically complete the spell so that's just the plot summary i won't ruin the end for you if you want to go and watch it because it's one of those films the whole way through where you're guessing what's going to happen mm. i didn't guess the ending correctly no um, there's lots of twists and turns i think so th- there may be like a few spoilers on what we're going to talk about today but like i don't want to kind of go into depth about the end um yeah but it's 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 a really emotional ending i think and it's, it's unexpected it's very pixar ending in, the, in the sense that you you think they're going to kind of have the classic happily ever after mm-hmm. and it's still a happily ever after but it's it's a sad like more realistic one exactly it's more relatable more realistic yeah. Right, yeah um so and but I, I think it's really cool it follows things like um the the mom is like with like a, a, is it a manticore That's manticore really yeah isn't it and then like the mom's got a random central boyfriend like there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on in that universe um, and then they, they unwait like a magical dragon it's very very cool and i think yeah the, the idea is that it's kind of set in like you know to, like today's world but mm-hmm. they're all like monsters and creatures and stuff like that they're all blue so yeah <laughs> <laughs> like pixar's onto the avatar um and i think it's quite cool because they you know the brother barley is in his gap here and he's like obsessed with like quests that are a little bit like dungeons and dragons yeah mm-hmm. so it's kind of capitalized on that kind of store of dungeons and dragons in the last few years as well and the idea of quests and magic so um it's like they bring that game to life within their, their world so it's very cool it's very a really good family film i think definitely yeah um so yeah so that's the plot summary <laughs> i think that was okay for you no it's that was great to explain it because it's like an adventure based one so whereas we've done like pinocchio and Lady of the tramp like we all know those stories but yeah. onwards quite new so i don't want to like fully ruin it for you all mm-hmm. so um so as Rosie mentioned our first fun fact the story was inspired by one of the director's personal experiences and um, so his dad um so his name's Dan, the director. That's quite easy, Dan, the director, two Ds. Um, <laughs> his dad passed away when he was just one, um, and he had an older brother who was, like, about three years older than him. Um, so the older brother has, like, some memories, but not a lot, um, and they basically try to reconstruct their memories of their dad from pictures and stories and um, some, like, home movies, which is kind of echoed in the film when you see mm. Ian looking at, like, photographs of his dad and stuff, like... Um, yeah it's, it's that idea that they're trying to really when um there's a really cute scene earlier on where ian has like a recording like a tape recording of his dad and he creates a conversation based on what the recording is i thought that, that was really lovely yeah you um, can tell he's done that loads of times as well yeah. so it's that's what i think is really cool is that you can see the real life um like inspiration and the moments that have inspired this film which is really it's so pixar it's that idea of like yeah. taking real life experiences and real life emotion and just putting them on the big screen in a way that's relatable to both kids and adults i think yeah really cool um that's just where they excel i think you know inside out showed that it did <laughs> uh, yeah you know, they're perfect at portraying emotions on screen and 
they manage to tug on your heartstrings with real issues things like coco and like obviously like the idea of like dementia and you know elderly Mm -hmm. relatives um same with inside out and that idea of like grief and moving and sadness they're very good at it um yeah and it's very specific to pixar i think pixar tend to have the more unconventional happy endings whereas disney tends disney films tend to have more of that yeah. classic ending still so Rose is going to talk a little bit about the critic reviews of the film um which would be quite interesting actually because I haven't heard these yet yeah so obviously this area is a bit different for this one because again like I don't feel like what their current review for this film is is a hundred percent fair just because I feel like you know it didn't have its fair go at being in the box no. office properly which is sad I know it did go back into the cinema back when cinemas were open again I know mm. they are now it did go back in but obviously people were a bit unsure whether they wanted to go to the cinema yeah, like I haven't wanted to go no me neither so obviously we waited until Disney plus mm-hmm. um to watch it again or to watch it for the first time so yeah I feel like it's gonna be a bit skewed but having said that so on IMDb which is kind of where we like make a kind of base of like mm-hmm. where, where, what the reviews are like for films it's got a 7.4 out of 10 which to be honest isn't bad that's not bad and also we'll talk about this a bit later as well but if you compare it to other Pixar films obviously it's got like kind of like a scale and you've probably got like a scale in your head of where the Pixar films sit yeah, that's true. and to be fair I think 7.4 is quite it's quite good I think I'd like it to have a bit more but um, I think it's not bad. It's not horrific. It's not like when we seen Pinocchio get like a really great score. Oh, we were both God. like, we were like, no, someone's bumped it that up out of proportion. <laughs> so then Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 88%, um, which again mm. is, isn't bad. Yeah. But then if you look at it and compare, so it's comparably lower to two other recent Pixar films. So Coco got an 8.4 out of 10, mm. and then it got 97%. Um, Incredibles 2, so a sequel, got 7.6 out of 10, and then 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then if you look at an older film like Ratatouille, that got 8 out of 10, and then oh, 96%. So it's comparably lower, um, mm. but again, obviously we have to consider the context. Obviously we're not going to blame the context completely for no. it, but we have to put it into perspective at least. And less people have probably seen it as well, which is another thing, so there's less mm. people to kind of vote on it and stuff. And I think... I think with something like Incredibles 2, there was so much hype for that film. Built up for like 10 same years. With, yeah, and same <laughs> with like Coco. Mm-hmm. Like, although the hype wasn't there beforehand, the response to Coco was insane. Like, I, was, yeah. I told you the other day, Rosie, like one of my friends, Tash, who's a regular listener. So, yeah. hi, Tash. Um, <laughs> she was telling me about how when she watched Coco for the first time with her boyfriend, like her boyfriend was like, was sobbing <laughs> yeah. at this film. Um, and I've heard that a lot about, particularly with girls and their boyfriends who normally like oh another Disney film really identified with Coco yeah so I don't know what it was about the Coco film that just kind of people really felt it yeah um, so I think that makes sense I think because Onward was quite a like a dark horse there'd been like a few promos for it yeah but there wasn't a lot of many. like promo before it really when you, mm-hmm. when you compare it to something like Incredibles 2 which is probably promo for like the year before yeah literally like <laughs> such a long build-up yeah. I think with this, like the promo was mainly centered around the fact that it was Tom Holland and Chris Pratt um, true, yeah. to try and draw people in. And I don't think there was that many trailers for it. No, um, there wasn't. So, so yeah. But having said that, not a bad score at all, to be fair. No, and that's quite um, fair. 
Yeah, and I think, so then we've got some reviews as well. So um, Empire, again, another one we like to use regularly. So they said that Onward, the animation studio's 22nd film, doesn't do anything so lofty as pay homage to silent cinema or forever change the way we think about our emotions. It's not even as tear-jerking as Toy Story 3 or Coco, but in every way it's pure, perfect Pixar, a film of such warmth, whip-smart humour and creative energy that it's sheer joy to spend a few hours in its presence. So I think that's quite nice because mm. I think it's fair because it's saying like it's not quite as like emotional as some of the others, but it is also it's got that pure Pixar kind of heart yeah. to it. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, when you look at someone like a relationship specifically like with your dad mm-hmm. or a specific relationship because like for me I've never experienced um having a grandparent with dementia mm-hmm. so for me when I went to see Coco obviously it really pulled on my heartstrings still but yeah. I didn't have as big an emotional response as somebody mm-hmm. else who had had that personal experience like some of my other friends who had, had had that experience they were like sobbing every time they watched the film yeah um and I've always said, you know, I'm a theatre lover as well. It's what you identify with. Definitely. So for some people, they will they will find this film if they have they've grown up without a dad, they'll find this film so much more emotional than something Definitely. like Toy Story. Yeah. But it's very subjective, and if you haven't had that experience, then because the film doesn't focus a lot on grief throughout it, mm-hmm. I mean, because the end for me got me like I didn't quite cry. Yeah, I had quite a, a split viewing experience. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> absorbed, but the end bit um really got to me like in terms of the emotion so I think you're right I think it depends on who you are and how Mm -hmm. emotional you find it um yeah because I I would argue that it actually was probably more emotional than quite a few other Pixar films because it felt very real yeah no I found it very emotional like I said I was saying to you before I there's two specific points in the film that I cry at every time yeah I mean I know I've only seen it twice but (laughs) they hit both times so yeah yeah, I definitely would say it's a very emotional film. Um, so then The Guardian said that Onward is heartfelt, slickly executed and potently effective as both a rousing adventure and a tearjerker. But compared to the very best of Pixar's output, this can't help but feel like their second tier stuff. That's very, that's quite a big yeah. statement, to I be honest. I don't really get this. There's been a lot of criticism of the fact that it doesn't feel like a Pixar film. Yeah, I but which I don't it. get because we are both saying it is it embodies everything Pixar. Pixar stands for literally it's got everything like it's got the emotions it's got the messages it's got all the family content in it like this isn't just maybe because they're like like monsters is the wrong word but like not human I don't know if that's what it is <laughs> well yeah maybe maybe people associate Pixar with humans I don't I don't, I don't know yeah maybe but it's I don't know I don't know I just because I guess if you think about things like Toy Story, I've said toys, but like it's like it's the human world. Still human world, yeah. Coco is the human world. Ratatouille is the human world. Inside mm, Out is the human world. So I, I wonder whether people they don't necessarily identify with that idea of like magical, mystical stuff with Pixar. With Pixar, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they see that as more Disney, um, because obviously yeah. Disney do that quite frequently. So maybe that's it. But even like the Incredibles, they're humans. Yeah. Like yeah, you're right. Fact, actually, Finding Dory is fish. But it's the human world. Because it's an aquarium and stuff. Yeah, so I wonder if that's why people feel like it's not Pixar because it's yeah. very, it's a completely different species of people and there are no humans yeah. in it. Maybe that's why. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good point. I think maybe they feel less connected and maybe can't relate as much just because they can't see themselves as those characters maybe. Yeah. 
but even so I think that's a very bold statement um yeah I agree <laughs> I think it's a bit like I mean second tier I don't know I don't agree with that I don't think I no. I feel like Pixar are so consistent they don't have a second tier <laughs> no they just have some that are <laughs> like, bottom tier oh. um like <laughs> Do I say it? I'm going to oh. say it. The Good Dinosaur. Um, oh, okay, of course. Sorry, I, I forget that. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit problem. worried then. I was like, please tell me you don't think I'm going to go somewhere else with that. I was thought you might say Ratatouille and I was ready to like hang up on you. I no, was like, uh, excuse me. Bottom tier? Absolutely not. It's one of my favourites. So, yes, you know, I think they're all, you're right, they're very consistent. Mm. Um, so then the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes said that it may suffer in comparison to Pixar's classics, but Onward makes effective use of the studio's formula and stands on its own merits as a funny, heartwarming, dazzlingly, dazzlingly animated mm-hmm. adventure. So again, they're saying it doesn't compare to some of the other ones, but it does stand on its own. Like, like we just said, I don't feel like we agree that it doesn't compare. No. So I feel like no. we're definitely not in agreement with these. No, because I think it, even when I for people, if, yeah, Disney Facebook groups and people were like, oh, like I just find it so boring. And then I, I so I was a bit like, oh, like mm. is it disappointing. And I watched it and I was like, what are they all watching? Like, yeah, because some people say it's really slow to build up. And I'm like, are you missing all the humor and all the like deep moments? Thought, yeah. Like in between. Like I don't yeah, understand. I don't know what people were expecting. And I, I don't understand that. I think for me, it felt a bit like, on Disney on Pixar initially because of the whole I didn't get to sit in the cinema yeah <laughs> um, and it, yeah that's it wasn't true a story that I already knew and I think you can't please people like people no. have been these people have been complaining like where's all of our like new Disney stories I don't want sequels I don't want live action movies so they give them a fresh one everyone complains yeah they're like no this isn't good <laughs> enough no it's too slow two out of ten it's like well what do you want then yeah <laughs> spell it out um yeah. but then lastly someone called ellie on imdb said that, that i don't think i've ever written a review for a movie but i felt compelled to write one for this movie it's not a movie that becomes your favorite movie but i have to say it's one of the most fulfilling movies i've ever seen i laughed i cried and everything in between and i watched it alone so that's i think that's nice yeah i think that's really nice i like, agree with that actually i don't think it's one that would be your favorite mm-hmm. um I don't really know why. I just don't think it'd be my favourite film. But yeah. I loved, I think you're right, like it has all the different emotions in it. And it's, I mean, I know you're going to talk in a second, but the fact that you've got Chris Pratt and Tom Holland in it, that's enough for me. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I know, I know. And yeah, so actually Chris Pratt in an interview has said that he sees Tom Holland as his brother as well. Obviously they worked in Marvel together. So like, I think that's really nice. And I yeah. think to be honest, that relationship, I'm sure that really helped them when they were like yeah. doing all the voice acting, recording and stuff. Um, and you can see that because I think it is very raw. Like in yeah. the film, they come across as brothers, you know. It's very so natural, isn't it? Definitely. It doesn't feel forced or anything. So. No. So yeah, I guess like the the general consensus is that it's not Pixar's best, um, but it is also very emotional. Again, we don't. I don't think we agree. No. With, obviously, it's not their best because I I know what my favourites are. So like I can't say it's their best. Yeah. But I'm not saying it's like it's not good enough. Like it was great. But again, like it's what you identify with. So like one mm. of my absolute favourite, actually, was it probably yeah, my favourite Pixar film. I'm gonna say it. It's Brave. <laughs> um, <laughs> and people often put Brave down, but the reason mm. that I love that film so much is that like I love me I'm really close to my mum so that relationship between mother and daughter rings so true for me like and and how important that relationship Mm -hmm. is Um, and the fact that there's no stupid love interest story in that one exactly (laughs) that's what Pixar do well as well they don't obsess with love stories it's real family stuff 
So that for me is my favourite film for that reason, even though people hate on Brave and I'm not having it. I don't know why. I really don't know why. Like sometimes I just think because it's a Pixar film, they're like, no, she's not a Disney princess. It's not official. And it's like, but but she is though. And she's one of the best. Yeah. So that's like my favourite. But I imagine if somebody watches that film who, like with the director of this film, who has lost their dad, then this probably will be one of their favourites. Yeah. I think that's the great thing about Pixar is with Disney, you get lots of people being like, my favourite film is The Lion King, my favourite film is Beauty and the Beast. Like you get a lot of those classic favourites mm. because they're just, they're great films. Yeah. What I love about Pixar is very few people have the same favourite films. <laughs> exactly, because you're right, you identify with different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, with Disney films, it's like, well, I mean, I don't identify with Belle, do I? Because I'm not... <laughs> not been trapped in a beast's castle I hope not <laughs> no but like you identify with other like Pixar films because like for example Inside Out like emotions everyone has emotions yeah. so we can yes. all relate to that um and the fact that childhood is really difficult yeah. and developing into a teenager and you're always arguing with your parents you know that's really relatable so yeah I yeah. agree I think that's something that they do a lot better than yeah. Disney Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Right, we're going to stop now because we've talked all about this a lot. So, <laughs> Disney fun fact number two <laughs> to bring us into our next segment. Um, the title of the film holds a dual meaning. Onward is first spoken in the film when Barley shifts Guinevere. Guinevere is... Oh, I forgot about Guinevere in my plot summary. Sorry. Uh, Guinevere <laughs> is his, his van, his really cool van with a uh, unicorn on it. Yeah. So when Barley shifts Guinevere into O for Onward, I love that. I thought it was so Me cool. too. Um, but did you know that the title has a deeper meaning? According to Scanlon, who's the director who lost his dad, the decision to choose Onward as a title was because the word really encompassed the journey of maturing and moving on from loss. I love that. That's one of the main yeah. themes and we're going to talk about in a second, but mm-hmm. I really like the idea of um, it's not saying like you're, you're forgetting things, but you're just moving forwards. Um, yeah. So I like that. I like that as well. Yeah. So nicely on from that fun fact, um, we're going to talk now a little bit about the themes and messaging within um, Onward. So as you mentioned, Pixar are known for exceptional storytelling. Uh, and as we said quite a lot already, the main reason for that is because they often deal with very, very real, relatable themes. Um, yeah. The things like, you know, Maleficent, banging film, it, it, it deals with, you know, um, family. But putting that within the context of Sleeping Beauty and magical yeah. dark fae and <laughs> and like you know kings and queens and palaces, it's a lot more fantastical. Whereas mm-hmm. Pixar, things like Toy Story, where it's like I'm all I'm so scared. I've written written a blog actually about throwing my toys out because Toy Story has ruined that for me for life. After <laughs> that whole Jesse story, I can't yeah. throw my toys out. So they they pick relatable themes and messages, um, mm-hmm. and there are loads of them in Onward. Um, so so I, mean, many. I, know, I know you're ready for this question. <laughs> so what do you think the main themes of the film are? Um, so yeah, there's loads. I think the one that like stuck with me the most when I watched it, especially the second time, is there's this whole kind of like parallel between the journey and the destination. So mm-hmm. some people in life just want to get through the journey, get past it to get to their destination. So obviously in this case, that is getting their full dad back for the day. Yeah. And that I feel like is Ian's main goal. Like he just wants to get it over with and see yeah. his dad, which naturally, of course, in this situation, that's all you want to do. Yeah. However, um, conversely to that, you've got someone like Barley who is so excited for the journey because he sees it as a quest and yeah. he sees it as something really exciting, really exciting build up and a way for them to bond um, and get excited and talk about the things they're going to do with their dad yeah. when they get him back. And I think that to me is like a message about 
trying to em- embrace and enjoy being in the present more yeah um because I think some people just focus so much on the end goal that they actually miss out on all of the steps in between mm-hmm. and as you see in this film they bond so heavily in their yeah. journey and so much happens in this journey so much personal development for both of them and also like brotherly development in in the sense that you know they have a couple of you know arguments and things like that yeah. which they then resolve um and yeah I think it is just about kind of embracing the journey a bit more and obviously that can be then taken out as like a more deeper and, and general theme um because it's like the whole journey of grief like you've mentioned already yeah they're going through almost this is like the first time that perhaps they've actually spoken about it together um just by themselves so again it's like a physical journey they've got like a quest and they've got a destination but actually it's also a personal and like a mental journey where they get to talk to each other about their feelings um which obviously they didn't think was going to happen but it just happened through that journey um so yeah I think that's like one of the main themes and especially I think it shows like the change in their characters throughout the film as well because Ian is so dead set on just getting his dad back not really thinking because he wants to take the easy route the straightforward route yeah the highway he's like let's just get the highway and, and Barley's like no the the easiest route is never the right one or something like that it's probably yeah. not a quote but you know what I mean and Barley's like no on a quest we take the other route and he like does this like scribbled yeah. thing on the map um and he's clearly like so excited to be doing his actual quest and I'm sure Ian probably sees that as kind of like an insensitive thing where he's like no like we need to just we just need to get dad back like come on yeah. why are you being like this um, I think it's nice because it is like they're both doing like a real life quest um, as in like quests of your like Barley plays. Yeah. Um, but I think they bond through that journey and have a better understanding of each other because of it. Um, and in this case, their journey is very much negotiating a bump in their childhood, um, which is actually very similar to Inside Out as well when you think about yeah, it. That's true. Um, but yeah, that's like my kind of main theme. And I think it's, yeah. it's, you kind of can't help but see that because obviously they're on a physical journey in Guinevere. Um, and you have got that journey that takes up most of the film so yeah I think that's I like agree. the main one you know, I hadn't even thought about it like that oh really yeah oh that's it's good really... I'm glad we have different like perspectives yeah. on the themes I mean because for me that whole conversation around like which path do we take mm. um was just more about the fact that like you know learning to listen to other people's opinions mm. and learning to listen you know sometimes you, you think you know best because you've got something in mind but actually you're better together sometimes especially with family yeah um but actually you're so right it's that idea about I completely missed that obviously because of my traumatic but then I missed what you said as well so it's interesting (laughs) how like when we come together we bring different things yeah because when I watched that bit you know like when they're in the car I was like just go on the freeway for goodness sake I was was so stressed like we need to meet his dad yeah um so when I was watching it it was that idea of like you know sometimes even when you don't because I'm a sucker for this I've had to learn quite a lot over my other life hmm when I was a child, to be fair, I'm, I'm still stubborn when I think I'm right, <laughs> but I am a lot better than I used mm-hmm. to be. And sometimes you just have to give people the chance to like have their say. And yeah. even if you don't think it's right, you just say, okay, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not always right. And if you follow those things and sometimes you, you learn new things. Um, I mean, a prime example is when we go to escape rooms. <laughs> like, the two of us go to escape room with our friend Danielle. And sometimes, sometimes even me that suggests things, but like one of the suggesting, and I'm like, that's a ridiculous idea. I'm like, we don't have any other ideas. <laughs> and there's no harm in trying it. So you yeah. might as well try it. So that's how I re- viewed that. But I think you're so right. It is that idea, actually. And I think it's because I am that person where, oh, it's quite bad. I, I'm very destination focused. I, mm-hmm. I'm, 
I know I should be in the present and I do enjoy the present but when I think about my life I always think very like here are my goals yeah I need to achieve this yeah Um, what you're aiming for yeah so I think Mm -hmm. I am I'm more of like an Ian where I'm like right how do I get here these are the steps I need to take um that's so funny though because yeah, I, I, I didn't think that we were going to be like, we're not opposite. That's way too like definitive. Yeah. But like, I feel like we're quite different in mm-hmm. how we are with these sort of things because I'm like not a hugely spontaneous person or I'm, I am getting better at it. I <laughs> kind of like to be like Ian and have a bit more of a plan. But also if that plan goes wrong, I'm not too stressed yeah. like with it. Like I've got a lot better with that over the last if, few yeah, years. It's funny. I feel like I'm Ian in a big picture way yeah so like if mm-hmm. I look at my life and what I want to achieve in my life I'm eating. yeah on a day-to-day basis I'm very barley that's what I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I'd I'd say the same so I think like if, if we go on days out or whatever like we don't plan them to the no. tea no um, we, we don't just kind of see where we end up and you know we, we are very like let's just enjoy what we're doing now like let's not put pressure on ourselves to have a full list of things that we have to do today like let's just enjoy the fact that we get to spend time together and um, yeah whereas if I look at like my professional life and like my personal life like um development I'm like right well I want to be in this job by this age like I want mm. this and this so I'm very that way um yeah so yeah that's interesting but I think I think you're right the film looks at that idea of you know you're actually when you work that way sometimes you miss what's in front of you definitely and that can be the most important thing because yeah if they'd have taken the highway and got there within like an hour or however long they would have got time with their dad but at the same time would they have resolved their issues between each other potentially not because they wouldn't have had the same amount of time to kind of chat about it alone which they've clearly never done um so yeah I think it's just kind of sometimes that you can appreciate the journey because it can bring a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't have expected if you're just so focused if they followed the highway they would have gone to the wrong place well exactly <laughs> they would have ended yeah. up in the wrong place yeah yeah because I think for me the, the biggest thing for me out of it it's probably very obvious is just family and mm-hmm. the importance yeah, that definitely people can annoy you and I think and sometimes you know when you live with the same people like all the time yeah you kind of can overlook how they who they are as people it sounds really dramatic but the idea like you know that you think you know them and quite often you don't quite often mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know what's mm-hmm. going on in someone's head all the time um and how it's important that even within a family, it's important to take time like with individual family members. Yeah. Um, and that uh-huh. your relationship with your family will have impacted you a lot more than you probably ever thought it, it would. Yeah, um, it shapes you as a person. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the memories and experiences you have as a child are always going to shape you. And that's yeah. what I really enjoyed about it was the fact that, you know, well, there's a moment basically where Ian realises that he's, although he's never had a dad, he's mm. always had his big brother um, yeah and it's oh. such a lovely like, montage scene it's so lovely it's um, so yeah it's oh that was the bit that got me um yeah I cried in that bit yeah so <laughs> I think that that was just the big one for me which is the, the idea of like how important mm-hmm. family actually is um and how family normally deserves the benefit of the doubt as well um, yeah always. I agree completely <laughs> but, agree yeah that's what I got out of it as well and and the fact that it kind of ties in with you a little bit but the idea that Ian like I said at the beginning Ian like clearly feels like an absolute loser like he feels like he's not achieving anything that he yeah. needs to achieve and then he's like oh wait I'm a sorcerer yeah <laughs> and actually like when he focuses on who he actually is as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to be someone that he envisions yeah he ends up achieving all those things anyway yeah so that idea about don't try and pretend to be somebody or not yeah try and impress someone else or because you think it's the way you should behave like just be you that's very yeah. cringy but like if you're just no you, but it's so true then those things will come. 
Um, yeah. If you try too hard for things, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and also um, you can just waste so much time, yeah. like trying to be like someone else or trying to yeah. be someone you're not. And it takes so much energy. We've all been there. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Like I still do it even now. Sometimes I'm like, I'm comparing myself to people and I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like all that matters is, is if I'm happy and if I'm getting to where I want to be, like it doesn't, it just ultimately doesn't matter. Like happiness is the main thing. So yeah. I think you're right. And also the other thing that's kind of comes hand in hand with that, I think, is the, the other theme that I thought of was it's kind of like you're venturing out of your comfort zone. It's encouraging mm-hmm. you to venture out of your comfort zone. That's a very you thing, actually, as well, because I know we've talked about this a lot where like you I know you've made a, a real effort in the last few years to really push yourself out of your yeah. comfort zone quite a lot. Definitely, because I think it's something that obviously is very scary. Um, but when you do it, honestly, the rewards, it's very cringy. I know Rap- yeah. it's a quote from like Rapunzel, the rewards yeah. are worth it, but <laughs> Tangled, sorry, it's not called Rapunzel. <laughs> um, but it's Shocking. true. It's so true. Like when you do push yourself out of your comfort zone, sure, you feel stressed and nervous to begin with and probably for a little while after you've done it. But when you realize what you've achieved and how you've progressed, like it's yeah. such a great feeling. There's nothing that like, you get so much adrenaline from it. And I feel like Ian he kind of is forced to go out of his comfort zone through this journey and through finding his dad. And he's kind of forced to come out of his shell and conquer his fears. And we see that when he drives on the highway, because in the beginning we see that he can't do it. He's like, nope, can't (laughs) get stressed. That probably will be me when I learn to drive. But anyway, (laughs) um, he gets stressed. He he, like fluffs it completely. But then when it comes down to it um, in the, in the quest, and if he doesn't do it, they are legit probably going to get, like killed on the on yeah, the highway yeah. <laughs> he nails it and yeah it is about kind of like he had to be pushed out of his comfort zone to finally achieve the things that he wanted yeah. to achieve um and I think that's another Pixar message as well like that's quite like yeah. a recurring message that they have in their films um so yeah I think it just showed him that he was capable of doing something that he never thought he was going to be able to do which is an yeah, important nice. message Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. That brings us then to the end of segment two. Yes. So, oh wow, we're already on Disney fun fact number three. I know. Gosh, we're flying through this. Okay. (laughs) Right. So this is quite a long one. So brace yourself, but it's an incredible fact. (laughs) So, um, as the story team was creating the new fantasy world of New Mushroomton for the film, they wanted to make sure their world and story would connect with people who love the fantasy genre. To do this, they created the Fellowship which I love a group of Pixar team members who lived and breathed the fantasy lifestyle the group consisted of fans of Harry Potter Lord of the Rings cosplay video games role-playing games and anime the fellowship was consulted for their insight into the world of fantasy to help inspire and shape the unique world of New Mushroomton and the game quests of yore they especially helped with creating the spells you'll hear frequently in the film that's amazing I love it fantasy consultancy I just love how it's also called the fellowship because it's very very Lord of the Rings-esque but it just sounds so important can you imagine being part of that circle like I am part of the fellowship (laughs) yeah we are part of it spiritually (laughs) imagine putting it on like your CV like the fellowship Disney Pixar animation studio (laughs) yeah like that would open so many questions it's like what what is this like tell me more so yeah I, I love that I think that's great actually time for confession I've never actually seen Lord of the Rings Oh, that's okay. I only saw it okay, literally like fine. last year. I've seen it's the Hobbit. It's very long. Oh, okay. Well, you've seen part of the. I've seen universe. the Hobbit series. Yeah. Um, so I get the vibes. It's just, I never watched a lot of things when I was younger. So I feel like now it's just a bit of a commitment because they're all really long. It is. Yeah. They are quite long, especially the extended um, ones, which I haven't seen, but I've been told oh. to watch. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, 
but yes, anyway, moving on to our third segment. So this is where we're going to talk about like the characters. So obviously mm-hmm. we've mentioned Ian and, and Barley Lightfoot. I love their surname. I know. Um, but basically this film's protagonists, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, are arguably polar opposites of each other in terms of their personalities. And as their mum even says, Ian is afraid of everything and Barley is not afraid of anything. <laughs> what a parallel. Um, so this makes them incredibly interesting characters to compare against one another because you know to begin with they are polar opposites but then do they become more similar or do they adopt each other's traits so yeah so firstly then Katie what do you think of Ian as a character oh I find this really hard question because I don't really know I mean I thought I like like the character especially because it's voiced by Tom Holland oh yeah Tom Holland's voice is just such a great voice (laughs) like he's just so animated and lovable Mm -hmm. um I think I do feel really sorry for his character the whole way through the film because I think he's the only one in their house that doesn't remember their dad. Yeah. And I don't know, like, because Barley only has a few memories, but at least he has something, whereas Ian doesn't have anything. And I think that would be so hard to not have any memory of your, like, mm-hmm. of half your parents. That would be so horrible. And it's not even, like, by anyone's fault. No. Um, I just think that's so sad. Um. So, you know, I do feel quite sorry for him quite the way about the film. And I think, you know, he is just trying to find where he fits in. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it's, it's hard because he's a character where, you know, I really like him. I just don't really know why. I just find him very relatable. Yeah. I think even when he's, you know, when he's trying to, when he's challenging himself um, and he kind of pushes the boat out on things, like when he, there's a section where he goes into like this this area and basically like challenges a manticore to basically go and be a manticore again. Yeah. Um, and he just like comes out of his shell and I think I probably not for me as a person because I've always been quite an outspoken person mm-hmm. but I think I've seen quite a lot of my friends that are like Ian um mm. so that's probably where probably why I like Ian so much maybe because I think I see like so many of my friends in Ian um, yeah. and the idea of people who kind of you know come and they they find their voice a lot more they become a lot more confident um and just become like more aware of who they are I think yeah I've seen that quite a lot with so many of my friends um, so I think it's, it's quite nice to kind of see that on screen and see somebody who doesn't have all the answers yeah um, and, and represents those kind of people they don't have all the answers yeah yeah um, so yeah I did I did I did I do like Ian and I, I just felt so sorry for him and I loved how his confidence felt like um developed throughout the film yeah you know he goes from like not even being able to talk to the kids in like science class like yeah like a stone dragon I think it's really cool awesome yeah yeah how about you yeah, I love Ian. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love them both. Um, yeah. I felt like a connection with both of them for different reasons. Yeah. Ian, so like you said, um, like I definitely used to be an Ian. Um, I used to be <laughs> afraid of everything, actually, is quite a factor in summary. <laughs> awkward, I still am, but like more awkward than I already am. Um, nervous, I lacked self-confidence, self-esteem. Um, and I feel like that embodies him at the beginning of the film. Yeah. And he and the, th- the thing that got me is he tries. So when he hears from his dad's friend from college oh. about how brave he used to be, he tries. He's like, right, I'm going to be brave today on my birthday. I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to do it. And I just relate to that so much because I've been there. I'm like, right, today's the day we're conquering this. And then he tries to do it and it all goes wrong. And it's just it's just so sad. I know. But it's also funny because he it's, just like yeah, it's, it's, it's that relational. When he's like, right, I'm gonna like sit in my own chair. I'm gonna ask the kids to my yeah. party. I'm gonna stand up for myself. I'm gonna drive. And, you know, he volunteers <laughs> first to drive. 
But then, Bless I mean, you. that freeway, to be fair, looks stressful. It's like, tell like, it. <laughs> yeah. So, as yeah. a just like, pull over, I'm like, well, that's not really helping him, is it? Yeah, no. So, he puts himself out there at the beginning of the film. He does. Like, that's what I was saying before, you know, there's, there's no good putting yourself out there because you think that's what other people want you to do. Mm-hmm. You need to put yourself out there for you. Exactly. That's what's great about this film is that because he, he does, you're right. Like he really pushes himself, mm-hmm. but because he's doing it to try and have an image as opposed to doing it for him, yeah, it doesn't work. No, and, exactly. And I think I think you see that as well, where like he tries to ask his friends to come to his birthday party, Aww. and then they want to go. Yeah, they want to go. They're they're keen, and then Barley shows up, and then he gets he lets his embarrassment of his brother get yeah. to him. And then that and that triggers his nerves and awkwardness again to the point where he's like, oh, I've just remembered my birthday's cancelled. And it's like, <laughs> instead of just being like, oh, this is my brother, like we've got something going on. He says yeah. that, which is the most stupid thing you could he's say. Like, but... Oh yeah, um, we've cancelled my party. Um, yeah, no birthday today. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I messed up. But again, it's so relatable because I've 100% done that a million times. Like my words just won't come out. So I come up with some some other stupid thing and you're just (laughs) so embarrassed when you do it. So, but to go from that, like we say, Mm. to someone who is confident and is able to take on like a monster and he's just, yeah, he's very admirable, especially like as as we go through the film, especially at the end. Um, And it's interesting that he ends up being the son with the the magic um, gifts as well. Yeah, I thought that as well. I think it's almost like a like a sign like like you were saying earlier that once he gets this magic he becomes a bit more himself and he has yeah. more of a, a character and then he develops um and is more happy with who he is maybe yeah because I don't feel like Barley didn't need the magic Barley no. already had that belief in himself and exactly in yeah his his abilities and his like he believed in himself he has other issues bless him <laughs> and he yeah. has other doubts and things but he has a belief in in what he loves and who he is exactly and he's unapologetic about that yeah whereas I feel like Ian was the one who just wasn't really sure where he fit in mm-hmm. um and he wasn't really sure kind of what made him him so I yeah. feel like of the two of them Ian definitely needed that magic more and you know what I loved because I was like oh my god is Barley gonna be jealous Mm. I loved that Barley wasn't jealous that I know. throughout the I film, know. even though Barley is like the, the magical sorceress, yeah. like role-playing master. He's so excited for his brother to have those powers. Like, oh. Yeah, well, okay, this seems like a good point to move on to Barley yeah. then. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think of Barley then in comparison? Yeah, I do love Barley. At the beginning, I was like, oh, for goodness sake. This is so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> With like his stuff all over the kitchen table. Oh, I know. But... I really grew to love him throughout the film and I think because I'm I'm the oldest sibling as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah and I think it it definitely resonates as an older sibling vibe and that idea of like you know trying to like push younger siblings and kind of guide them in the same way and also having like fights with them yeah <laughs> um, and I, you know I, and I get him from our from like probably like our age at this point where you don't really know where your life's going like, it's yeah a gap year yeah like his van's falling apart he isn't sure what he wants to do with his life like <laughs> he still like wants life to get magical and like, like a quest and I feel like that's where so many people like our age like you know um like 18 to like mid-20s you're in that space of like yeah. what I just want to know like <laughs> what my next steps are you just want to be um, on a track and know yeah. where you're going but it's not as simple as that no. so yeah no and that idea of like having to like save up literally just like fix like a really like poorly made van like all those different things I love his commitment I think I think mm-hmm. he's such a passionate committed character the fact that when he gives up this is a slight but when he, he he gives up Guinevere oh. for the chance to see his dad 
oh, that like got me. That selfless. He's so selfless yeah. throughout it. Because actually, what I love Ian. Ian can be a little bit selfish at times. Yeah. He goes on. He goes on a little bit about you know how he never met his dad. Which yes, he did. But you know, it comes with like a double-edged sword where Barley had met his dad, and we find out that you know he has regrets about the way that he yeah. like when his, his dad died and the way that he dealt with that. So it's two things. You know, can you miss what you never had? One of those things mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's a different type of pain, I think. Whereas Barley never really goes on about that. He never talks about that. Yeah. Um, like I say, you know, he he just kind of does what Ian says. Um, he isn't jealous about the magic. I think he's such a selfless person. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Love that about him. I really love that about him. I I think as well. I think he's the kind of person. This is why you come into his character. <laughs> he's the kind of person that sees the best in everything. Um, mm, because true. he is just like he's so shameless about who he is. Um, and I love that because he's so happy with who he is as a person, yeah, which true. is so nice. Like, that's the position everyone wants to be in um, at some point in their life. You know, we we <laughs> want to stop comparing ourselves to people. Yeah. And I feel like he just doesn't care. And obviously, no. in some ways, that can be perceived as lame, lazy. But in other ways, I think yeah, it's great. I don't think so. Especially like, there's a section where, um, so as you mentioned earlier on with the plot summary, like the the town used to be like full of like magic and folklore mm-hmm. style. Um, and it's, it's a little bit like now with things like ancient ruins where they have like different like uh, magical sites that are being torn down and Barley's like protesting like no it's yeah. our town's history and I love that because even though he gets no- he gets known as like a loser um yeah. like you know a nuisance like <laughs> he doesn't care because he no. believes that it's right and he'd be right to protect it as you'll see in the film yes very much uh, so. very right <laughs> um <laughs> but he believe when he believes in something he will fight for it yeah um, and yeah. you know I love that. I love when characters have those like real like causes of passion. And obviously, you know, it has its downsides as well. It always does. And, yeah. You know, he doesn't always have that level of reality on his head. No. <laughs> um, but I, I agree. I think he's clearly happy with who he is and he's not apologetic for it. And I love that. So, yeah. 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 I was just about to say the same thing. Like he fights for what he believes in um, and he doesn't care that no one else is fighting yeah. with him. Like he, it's important for him to fight for it because that's what he cares about yeah. so like with the heritage of these magic buildings and things like that um and I just think that's so lovely and he's clearly inherited his love for magic from his father yeah. as well which people are so easy to just dismiss as like just a, a childish yeah. hobby when really like it's actually very complex anyway um yeah. I think you know role play games can be very complex mm. and I just think it's sad because he's so passionate about something which we don't see from Ian. We don't really see what he's passionate about. We don't see that he's got hobbies. So whilst he's ashamed of his brother's hobbies, it's like, but what do you actually do in your spare time? Like, what you makes actually, you special? Are you Ian? happy? Like, are you genuinely happy? Like, and he's Bob- not, is he? That's the thing. He's not, exactly. and I think that's that's the difference. Is that Ian doesn't really have anything that we see in the film mm-hmm. that makes him him at the beginning. Yeah. Like, he's too busy trying to fit in, and that makes him miserable. Whereas. Yeah. Barley, even though he still has, you know, his challenges, he still has things that make him sad, as we all yeah. do, as we learn from Inside Out. You can feel two things at once. Yes, you can. <laughs> he, because he is so assured of the fact that, like, he loves his magic, he loves his role playing games. Like, he, 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 he knows what he loves and believes. He's happy. He's yeah. a happy character. Um, he's a lot happier than Ian throughout the film mm-hmm. because he's not trying to fit in. He's just being him. Yeah, and I love that, and I think Ian. We talked, we mentioned before, but Ian learns that from him. I think he does. Um, like Ian learns how you know it's it's okay to mm-hmm. kind of just be you, um, yeah. and actually being you is the best thing that you can do. Um, yeah, 
it's the only only thing you can do it's anything that works I love that he learns that from him so yeah yeah and it's like you were saying before I love how committed he is to Ian how proud of him he is the pure joy you see in his face when like he uses magic for the first time and then like he's teaching him magic you can just tell he absolutely loves it and you're right he's not jealous he's not like oh how like why is it not me like I'm the magic person he's like oh my god this is amazing my brother can do magic now and I think that's so lovely because you could have like you know someone else that would be so jealous mm-hmm. about that sort of thing and it would ruin jealous. their relationship even more <laughs> yeah I think I think like he probably was still jealous like yeah. to an extent but it's the way that he showed it show. and yeah exactly like he he just helped and encouraged and was proud and that's just a nicer way of of showing your emotions to people um so yeah I think Barley like he's a great character I think they're both great characters and like we said I think they they both kind of blend and they take things from each other because even Barley learns things from Ian as well yeah like I think it's quite like um obvious that he gets very upset by the fact where there's a scene you know with the police um they get pulled over because they're going way past the speed limit so then they have to use magic to transform into their mum's boyfriend I think he is (laughs) centaur um and basically to use that spell you have to be telling the truth the whole time yeah and one of the police um they ask they, they make a comment about barley about how he's like a bit of a nightmare um they say screw up don't they yeah that's it exactly and Ian's like oh, no no what do you mean and then the, the magic starts wearing off because he's obviously lied and yeah. barley knows that and he kind of he gets really upset about it yeah um so I think that does show obviously he's got like some kind of insecurities yeah, as well he definitely does as we all do and that's the mm-hmm. thing you know you've seen before people who feel quite confident in themselves and stuff like that people will have that but they'll st- everyone has insecurities every single person has mm. them um and I think like you say it's, it's the way you, you you let them define you and the way that you kind of approach them um, yeah. and the, you know it's okay to work on them like that there'll be a work in progress um mm-hmm. but I think you're right but I, I think Barley learns from Ian that he learns that kind of more practical side and, and the need I think to listen because Barley yeah. doesn't really listen a lot no he doesn't he just <laughs> um, goes off on his own yeah doing his thing yeah and I think he learns that from Ian and and he learns he learns the idea of like a, a stopping and thinking because he never stops and thinks yeah Even like, when having a bit like of between a the two paths yeah yeah so they definitely learn from each other and I really like that yeah me too so yeah I think overall they're they're both great characters yeah but they're not the only characters in the film no um so while it is mainly like male the protagonists are male characters we've also got some pretty fierce I would argue female characters so what are your thoughts on that Casey like what are your I love their mum their mum the whole (laughs) way through I just love her I also love that they made her like really bad like all the way through I was thinking she looks a bit like the classic Karen look yeah <laughs> short hair no I, I yeah I agree with that actually <laughs> but I love that she was more like it, it wasn't like the, the classic image of a mum do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, just, yeah. I just thought she was really cool um and the way that she fights for her kids and like there's a bit at the end where basically like, the magic has run out like the dad is nearly like you know disappeared yeah and the mum like runs up this stone dragon and it's like I am a mighty warrior like I love that so <laughs> I love much. that yeah and, like that selflessness for her kids um yeah I love her and even the fact that like when the boyfriend's calling her she's like leave me alone and he just like 
my kids yeah, are more important. <laughs> she's got her priorities straight, definitely. Like she's and very level headed. She is. Like a bit like and, and she doesn't kind of mock the boys. So mm-hmm. even the fact that like um towards the beginning where Barley's got like his his campaign, like his uh, role playing campaign set up on the table and she's like, Don't touch it because you know what he's like as yeah. opposed to being like that stupid boy leaving things out all the time. Yeah. Um, and the same like when Ian's quite upset about not being able to see his dad. She doesn't kind of say like, oh, like get a grip or like lead no. him to it. She kind of she comforts him and then knows when to give him space as well. Yeah, so I think I think she's a great mom. Me too, especially okay. like in the scene where so obviously Ian's spoken to his father's friend from college mm. in the cafe or wherever it was, and then he comes home and speaks to his mom and says like, was Dad always brave? Like, was he always confident yeah. in himself? And she's like, no, no, he was quite a late bloomer. Like he he yeah. took a long time to come into who he was. And you can tell she's just such a great mum, like, because that's yeah. what you need to hear. And obviously it was true anyway, but that's the kind of advice that you want. And yeah, yeah she's just... And, of course, the manticore. Oh, well. What a babe. What? And I think <laughs> yeah. she really summarises that, what I was talking about before, about the idea of, like, when you try and be somebody that you're not, you're just going to be miserable. Like, yeah. she tries to conform, <laughs> like, she turns her, like, magical tavern into a bit like a, a wacky warehouse, like, hungry horse-style pup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's cool but <laughs> it's cool but it's clearly not working for her she's stressed no. <laughs> she's miserable and then she sets the whole place on fire which is yeah <laughs> midlife crisis <laughs> to the max she just yeah. burns the place down yeah um but I love her I love how like she's kind of like lost herself it like you, yeah, you were saying before in the destination and the journey she doesn't mm-hmm. kind of know where she's heading anymore and she kind of loses that sense of self and then when someone is like come on you're, you're a manticore and she's like you know what you're right and she's kind of like yeah. finds herself and when she finds herself again and kind of remembers who she is and like what she loves she's a whole mm-hmm. different person her fierceness I love when she like whips the tail out and me oh. too I love it yeah it's when, when, she her, stings. when she's drinking all the energy drinks as well that makes me like <laughs> so much. I, love, I love her They're really cool. I, such I a love likely her. friendship as well between her mm-hmm. and the mom and that yeah. idea of like yeah women to put women all about that yeah I love that as well because the thing is they're not just there to be there as well for the plot like they're mm. very much crucial in the plot especially at the yeah. end in helping them um let the father come back and helping yeah. Ian like defeat the monster so there's, there's a lot of purpose in their characters because sometimes yeah. you do just get these random people shoved in just for representation yeah and we don't like that so yeah. it's great that they both have great roles um yeah, and and the quote that I love the most is the one that is the manticore's quote which is in her restaurant and it's the one where it says you have to take risks in life to have an adventure and it's only yeah. when Ian says to her like oh didn't you didn't you say that quote and she's like oh my god like yeah. who have I become and then has like an absolute like you say midlife crisis burns the restaurant down so um so yeah again I think they're they're very very strong characters I think there's a lot of strong characters because even uh I guess he's like a stepdad I don't know what situation yeah it's a bit odd isn't it it is a bit odd um but he's he's also supportive and I like that as well he's a supportive like um stepdad if that's what Mm. he is to the boys and he's supportive of their mom um which I also think is nice so I love how supportive he is of the mom I just think again I think he it's quite telling I think you know like when the police officers speak to who they think is the yes. boyfriend, but yeah. it's not it's the kids in magic mm-hmm. I, I I think it's it's that quite interesting that, that interesting dynamic with like step parents and, and sons and, and mm. daughters mm-hmm. and you know the idea that like when he keeps arresting and say like you can't do that he's not as understanding of Bali as the mum is yeah no um, that's very true actually it's a bit like a it's like oh he, he talks about the kids and like they're inconveniencing their mum 
Yeah. Whereas the mum isn't bothered about that. The mum just wants them to be safe and to yeah. see their dad. Whereas That's true. Even when the boyfriend finds out that, like, it's crazy stuff going on, he calls back up. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's that idea that, you know, there are different levels of family and just because someone is kind of in your life doesn't really understand you. Yeah. Because um, even the fact that, like, he, he clearly doesn't understand as much with the mum how important this all is to her, even though he clearly cares about her. So I was on the fence about his character. Um, mm. But I feel like we don't see enough of him to kind of know. But yeah, yeah. I wasn't overly keen on his character, apart from at the end when he kind of like embraces his central self and like runs. To, to yeah, with his hair. hair like <laughs> flying behind him. I feel like in the end, like my hope is that he becomes more supportive of the boys. Yeah. Just because he's seen, because obviously he was in denial about the whole magic thing as well, as you would be, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like he tries to stop them on their quest, which, you know, isn't very supportive of him. No. So my hope is that he becomes more supportive yeah. after witnessing this event. Um, but yes, so overall, I'd say there's very fierce female characters and, you know, oh, well, the dad as well. We haven't really talked about the dad, but I it's love how much personality dad, he has yeah. with just his like, um, <laughs> yeah, just his feet, like when they're doing yeah. the dancing and stuff. That's great. So, yeah. And even how the dad can be so supportive with literally a foot. Like, yeah. I love that. Yes, when he like taps their feet, that's yeah. yeah, that's really sweet. That's a really sweet moment. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So that brings us to the end of this segment. So that brings us on to our final Disney fun fact, um, which is during the development of the film, the story team created the elaborate fantasy role-playing game Quests of Yore to showcase Barley's eccentric personality as well as to serve as a guide for the two brothers as they embarked on their journey. I love this bit. The development of the game proved to be so elaborate that the team ended up partnering with Disney Consumer Products to create a real-life version, which will be available later this year, and we have to play it. <laughs> yeah, we do. I actually checked this when I found this fact, because I was like, I'm sure this fact was from, like, back in March. I was like, mm. is it out yet? And I had a look, and it is available for pre-order still, so it's not <gasps> quite out yet. But That's exciting. I feel like it would be so much fun, because it's like Dungeons like & Dragons, yeah, but, but yeah. a bit more, like... I don't know. Maybe I feel like there's more structure to it. I think. Yeah. As well. Like I know with Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot that like you have to read up on it in advance, and you have to like. Create oh, there's a lot of work to it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas well, like this one's got like different like cards and spells and mm-hmm. stuff, so I feel like it's more like card based. Yeah. Yeah. There's more like prompts to it. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than you have to like literally create a yeah. whole backstory, which can take loads of time. So yeah, that would be so much fun. I think we should play that at some we point should. when it's available. We'll let you know. We'll review. Yes. <laughs> Cool, so on to segment four then, um, so our overall opinions on the film, and obviously it's time for our score out of ten, so Rosie, tell me what you think about the film overall, like quick summary of thoughts, and then I need your rating please. <laughs> well yeah, I think I've got it now, I think I'm there, okay, okay, okay. Um, overall I think the film is, it really tugs at your heartstrings, I think, mm. like we said before, it's pure Pixar, and it's, I think at its best yeah. as well, I can't say that it's tier two or this other rubbish, like, it's, <laughs> it, for me, it's it's great, like, I love, I'm also a big fan of fantasy stuff anyway, yeah. so for me, this was like a really big, like, win, like, Pixar doing a fantasy kind of yeah. film, Um, I think we've got strong characters, I love Ian, I love Barley, I love their development, and I love the themes, like, the whole journey versus destination, yeah. the family love, like you said, and the encouragement to venture out your comfort zone I think all of that together is like a perfect recipe for a perfect Mm -hmm. film not perfect film nothing's perfect but like a a really thoroughly enjoyable film which I would definitely watch again lots and lots of times um and 
yeah so my score <laughs> um okay mm-hmm. so I put Inside Out and Coco as a 10 just for reference okay. uh they're like my 10 out of 10 Pixar films there might be some more but they're the ones off the top of my head okay so then I have to think about nines so I'm gonna put it as an eight mm-hmm. um because I just think as, as we were saying Pixar that like there's so many good ones and I just never know like which one yeah. I prefer but I know my tens and I know that this it definitely isn't a 10 for me while yeah. it's an incredible film it's not a 10 I don't think it's quite a nine so I think eight is where I'm gonna go okay yeah I'm quite snarky <laughs> because I've gone with like 7.5 oh okay um, yeah that's so good we're quite close um I've made the note so mm. yeah mm. um yeah because I agree I think I love the film um I definitely one that I would watch again definitely yeah um, one that I can't wait to watch with my mum um, yeah. and with our family because I think my mum my mum will love that <laughs> um, and I, you know I love the characters and stuff I just think like you say there are for me like Ratatouille I just I watch all the time I don't even know oh, why yeah. I don't even know why I love Ratatouille so much but I do it's the um, cosy feeling for me when I watch yeah. that film it's yeah yeah and like different. the idea of like anyone can do anything and I'm yeah, as, as we talk through films, I notice that I'm very like, reach the skies, like anyone can do whatever. <laughs> Anything they want. is possible. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, films that kind of embrace that on, on family films, which is why this is, is high ish for me. Yeah. Um, but Brave is my absolute favourite. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the film. I, li- I like the themes in it. I love the magic side, the same as you. Like, I love that mm-hmm. fantasy element of it. Um, I don't really know why it's not a 10, but you know, you, you just get like a feeling. You just get like yeah, you've got like a gut feeling. Um, I think, to be honest, one of the reasons that it's probably not higher up than that for both of us is what we were saying earlier is that actually we both can't relate to the main to the main true, story. Actually, yeah. Like we we are obviously lucky enough to yeah. um, still have both our mum and dad. Yeah. So we can't relate to the, the main no. core theme. And I imagine if we could, it probably would be a 10 because you'd just think like how many people yeah. might want a film to completely represent what they've been through. Exactly. Um, though it'd be painful to watch, I'm sure it would also be kind of like therapy in a way as well. Yeah. Like, so I can imagine, yeah it'll be more of a 10 for yeah them. I, I agree actually that's probably what it is where it's like yes I got it's an enjoyable film yeah um, it's so funny like I love Tom Holland and Chris Pratt I think it's really <laughs> yeah, well written it is hilarious actually yeah the animation is great I think it's really clever mm-hmm. um but it's one of those things that only kind of pulls on my heartstrings kind of like towards the end yeah um, whereas I feel like something like Brave I just connect with the entire way through um yeah and I think you know Again, when it comes to Pixar, I love magical stuff, don't get me mm. wrong. But I think as soon as you put magic into something, it kind of distances you a little bit from it. Um, yeah. You enjoy watching it, but a personal connection is a little bit different. It's less um, of a tangible experience, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Whereas, which is funny me saying that, because my favourite one is Brave, where the mum turns into a bear. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't know. But I feel like... I love the film. I'll definitely watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a second rating. No, absolutely all. not. And that's the, the thing. Dinosaur was at the bottom I, of the pile. We can't. We just can't even talk about no, the film. No, because if we ever do that on the podcast, I'm not watching it again. I'm not putting the, myself through. The that. thing <laughs> is, right? Don't get us wrong. Like the animation is incredible. I'm not going to go into it too much, but it's incredible. So it had like a really good kind of start when you saw it. You're like, yes, great animation. The plot. I'm sorry, it's just not there. I'm afraid there was no plot and for that to be a pixar film more than anything that's what crushes me the most it's a pixar film what what even are the meanings i just i can't so anyway even dinosaurs can farm i don't know like (laughs) (laughs) legit though like i can't yeah so yes um and then we've kind of talked about it a little bit but how do you Mm. feel like it compares for you for like to other pixar films in general 
Um, so again, like I said, like Inside Out is my favorite Pixar film ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that there was a film made purely about emotions. I thought that was so creative yeah, and innovative. So and something that I really wanted um, to see because I just think people forget that we have emotions, you know, like people speak yeah. to you and they forget that you are a human being that has <laughs> so many emotions going on in yeah. your head. And I think that film represented it so well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm a bit biased. I did my dissertation on it as well, as Katie knows. I heard about this for months, but it's quite- <laughs> <You did. laughs> in a good so, way. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's always going to be my favourite. And then, like I said, Coco is one of my other favourites. And again, mm-hmm. I think, like, the emotion in that film is obviously one of the main reasons yeah. I love it so much. Um, but also, it's just so different. It's so quirky. And the music, which is different for Pixar films. We don't get a lot of music in Pixar films, no. actually, in the film, at least. Um, so that's another reason I like it. So in comparison, like, Onward does a lot of those things in terms of, like, emotions. I cried twice. Um, there's two specific points, yeah. like I said. Um, but would I go to that over the other ones? No, like over my top ones, mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose. If I had to pick, I'd always pick those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a great film, and I think it stands up as a Pixar film. Definitely, yeah. I would never discredit it. I'd never say like I can understand the whole magic thing, making it more Disney um, and less tangible. But I would never say it's not a true Pixar film because it's no, got all of the core Pixar themes in it, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. So what do you? think similar things i imagine yeah I mean, as i said my absolute favorite is brave um come at me i don't care i love brave oh, what a brave. <laughs> um yeah i'm very defensive of brave because everyone slates merida and the film and i don't i just why. don't understand it i can't relate like it's just so good just such a good it. film and it's all scottish I, I just what more do you want i, I know i know <laughs> anyway anyway um but i feel like for me like um brave is a standout top for me I love yeah. Pixar films more as like a, a feel good film that I'll go and watch. Toy Story three for me as well actually. Is a yeah, really, really big definitely. One. I feel like because that's the, the idea of like growing up and kind of moving on and all those different things. Like I, I love that film and that yeah. whole scene in the incinerator. I don't think oh I'll my get over that. goodness, that ever. wrenched oh. everything out of us. I'll oh. never forget that. Yeah, that's no like one a saw that Pixar film for me as well. Um, mm-hmm. But to be honest, like the others, like I love Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, I love it's like I'm scrolling through and I was trying to check them. Monsters University is one of those films that I just kind of go to to watch like I love yeah. watching that film it's very um, feel good that one I think yeah so I feel like I mean Coco I love it. it's one of my favorite Disney like Disney overarching films probably one of mm-hmm. my favorite Pixar films now actually yeah it was weird it was weird with Coco because when I went to watch it I enjoyed it mm-hmm. um but it's been one of those films I've enjoyed the more I've watched it it's yeah of, like yeah I've enjoyed it a lot more um Inside Out like you is like one of my absolute top Pixar films I love that film yeah and so um, so I love good. Joy so much yeah joy. <laughs> I endeavor to be Joy in my daily life Joy is actually my Disney plus symbol um, <laughs> fun fact um but yeah I feel like Onward fits in with that with that idea of like human emotion and that idea of mm-hmm. um like family because obviously with Brave is very family orientated but I do feel like I say it's Maybe because it's a bit more intense, because the themes are a bit, a bit more intense. I probably wouldn't watch mm. it as much, but I love the, the the quest element of it, so I probably would. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really sure. It's hard when when you're having a newer film. Yeah, um, definitely. I haven't had time to understand my habits yet with them. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's always like hard to compare films yeah. anyway. Like, yeah, because you can change your mind, like you say, every time you watch it, you might mm-hmm. kind of warm to it more, or you might think, actually, I don't like this one as much anymore. So I feel like yeah, it changes when, as you when change. you and Danielle used to be like, let's watch Coco. I was like, 
okay like not against it but it wouldn't have been like my go-to pick yeah whereas I think I've watched Coco like twice in like the last month do you know what I mean like, yeah yeah it <laughs> so definitely changes like, yeah 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 yes well okay well and that's that's the end of that so thank you all so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed our review of Onward and that it encourages you to go and watch it on Disney plus yeah. if you haven't already obviously we highly recommend it so yeah yeah please feel free and if you've enjoyed our episode today then please subscribe on Spotify and Apple podcasts or give us a follow on Podbean and if you've been listening for a while we really appreciate you leaving us a review they literally make our day when we see yeah. them we get so <laughs> excited we message each other like oh my god another review um, so and it also helps us you know know um what was kind of like feedback like what we're doing well and things like that yeah. so it's great to have that kind of thing um also thank you to the wonderful listeners who have already left really kind reviews because yeah. like i said we appreciate them so much um so yeah and if you've got any other disney loving friends please make sure to pass us on to them um and yeah hopefully they'll listen to our episodes as well yes um so don't forget to follow along with our instagram as well um full of our like throwbacks I mean it's a lot of throwbacks going on because of COVID yes. <laughs> we're running out of new photographs with a lot of throwbacks <laughs> um we are we're looking at doing some more like poll stuff as we come up to Christmas we want to kind of know what your favorite Christmas films are so we can include them in our uh, episodes yeah um it's kind of that time of year where we, we can do a lot more of like which films you prefer um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna try and get um, a Halloween one up today actually I think like Halloween films are one of those things with around Disney where everyone has different opinions. It's very yeah, interesting. Definitely. Um, so coming up next time, we are having our introduction to Marvel episode with one of our very best friends, Danielle, as our guest, because she is like our resident um Marvel expert. Yeah. Um, which we're really, really excited for. I think we've mentioned this before, we've had to postpone it a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of like a Marvel newbie of the three of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I do know quite a lot now about we watch the films. Um, yeah. Rosie's kind of definitely in the middle, and then but Danielle is like our Marvel expert yeah um definitely. yeah she kind of knows everything <laughs> when you have a question about marvel danielle is your gal yeah um, if she asks us what the shield stands for on the episode uh, I, I might have to leave sorry it's um, a running the thing where no matter how many times danielle puts it in a quiz or asks us we just don't know all the letters so it just never sticks with no, either of us like even one of us has remembered we both can't <laughs> so um that's coming up in the next um for our next episode um, you can obviously also contact us via a sprinkle of Disney podcast at gmail.com um, for any inquiries or just to chat to us or to ask to be a guest, feel free. And we have been a sprinkle of Disney. Have a magical rest of your day.